and welcome to episode 11 of the Telling the Story podcast. This is the audio branch of the Telling the Story blog at tellingthestoryblog.com, a look at how journalists and everyone reach the world. I am Matt Pearl, author of the Telling the Story blog and a reporter at NBC in Atlanta. We're talking photography today. In the last 10 years, photography has become the way so many of us tell stories. Now, I do it professionally as part of my job, but photography is no longer limited to journalists and career photographers. It is now everybody's game, thanks to camera phones, social media, and beyond that, simply the availability the availability of good quality cameras at a reasonable price. So my guest today gets to share a photo every day with an audience of hundreds of thousands. In the past, she has worked as a photo archivist and a photo editor. She is now a photography producer for National Geographic, and she is the one responsible for choosing the magazine's photo of the day for NationalGeographic.com. Alexa Keefe, welcome to the Telling the Story podcast. Hi, Matt. Happy to be here. Alexa, I think the concept of photo of the day is probably pretty self-explanatory, but go ahead and give us a little background into where you find your photos, how many you go through on a given day, and how you find that one photo that wins the day. Okay, well, I typically look at these kind of a month in advance. So I'm looking at um, either photographs that have been submitted to our YourShot community or photographs that have been um, taken as part of uh, on assignment for National Geographic magazine. Sometimes I look um, at older photographs that are part of our image collection. Um, so I start with, depending on which collection of pictures I'm looking at, I can look through anywhere from several hundred to around five to 10,000. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's kind of a, a process of spending time with a larger group of pictures, looking at winnowing it down to my favorites several times over and eventually arriving at the 30 or 31, depending on the month. That has got to be both a lot of fun and very grueling, I would imagine, <laughs> especially as you get towards the end. How much... Right. When you get to, you know, the final of the final, the best of the best, how much are you paying attention to things, technical elements like framing, color balance, et cetera, and how much, how much are you simply going by the eye test? You know, photo A looks better to me than photos B, C, and D. Well, to start, it all starts with what catches my eye um, and what, what kind of sparks my interest, what makes me want to spend time with a photograph, as well as what kind of, which, which pictures stand alone. Uh, because photo of the day really is kind of a daily glimpse of our world, um, and it's very you know it's it's very important that the picture be quite clear and it's you know easily um, readable. Um, but beyond that, so that's kind of the first pass. And then the more time I spend with the pictures, then I'm looking for things like technique, um, te the, the the quality of the picture, um, and. It, my eye, you know, the, the more you spend time with the picture, the more the details kind of come out. So there'll be a time when there'll be a photo that I'll like very much at the first pass. And then the more time I spend with it, I realize that I'm not so fond of it or I'll notice a detail that actually ends up distracting my eye. Other times there'll be a picture that kind of has spoken to me and I've, I've held it in my, in my edit. And then the more time I spend with it, the more I really appreciate it or notice new details that just make it a really amazing shot. And just this month alone, when you talk about the your shot photos, uh, there mm -hmm. just been there's just been tremendous variety. There was an aerial shot of cyclists. 
uh, in Thailand. There was a snake charmer in China that was much more of a straight-ahead photo, a, a, almost a personality study. And you had yep. one of, you know, almost a landscape of mountains of Chile, the Torres del Paine, which uh, yes. that uh, that struck me because I've been there and, uh, and oh, have you? took yeah. that photo with a very soft spot. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I know it's a cliche, but it, certain, it certainly seems like there is not one correct way to take a photo or to find what's beautiful in a photograph. Not, no, not at all. I mean, it, they're, you know, to a large degree, it's subjective. I mean, obviously, I'm looking at things that, that I find beautiful. Um, aside from that, too, it's also things that, that, are, that, are, um, that are strong pictures, I mean, that are, that are composed well, that are framed well, that, are, that you look at something that other people, that other people have, have shot. So it's, it's kind of like, like often there'll be similar subjects that get photographed again and again because they're very photogenic or very... Uh, appealing. And I'm always looking for situations where someone has looked at it just a little bit differently, just done a little bit of a twist, just to kind of take it out of the, the everyday and, and into the exceptional. Um, and I'm also, I mean, you know, it, it kind of runs the gamut. I mean, sometimes there'll be pictures that are technically perfect, beautiful, and I love those. And there'll be others that are a little bit, a little messier, but still offer, still offer a, a place for me to kind of really want to spend time with the picture and those those are just you know just as important i think um yeah so it kind of it kind of runs it kind of runs the gamut there's no there's no set set of specifications uh there's no checklist <laughs> um yeah now so. i've noticed this month you have the the theme is your shot so each photo right. was taken and submitted by a reader mm-hmm. how many of those submissions do you receive and are there differences between what readers and and photographers who are not with National Geographic what they'll send you and then what your what you have in-house from National Geographic are there differences in the style the uh the quality level and just the subject matter well i should say that the the yorshot community um is is people all over the world um and i would say the the, the kind of one I would feel I feel safe describing it as as it's a community of aspirational photographers uh, with many different skill levels. Um, and I think what's amazing about looking at that particular the photos submitted to that community is that is you just get such a range of um, of scenes of of points of view all over the world. Um, it's often I mean some some people do are are telling stories on a more continuing basis, but a lot of people are just are submitting pictures that they've, you know, they've taken their kind of, you know, standalone photos. Um, I would say a, a big difference between that and what's produced for the magazine is obviously those stories um, have photographers who have dedicated an enormous amount of time, energy, effort, uh, passion to telling a specific story, which is a, which is a different, a different approach, a different kind of process. So when I look at when I'm looking at your shot photos for photo of the day, I'm really looking for things that kind of get to a wide range of, of scenes, kind of like you're noticing this month, um, aerials, portraits, detail shots. Um, with the magazine images, it's the challenge there is finding pictures that really kind of are able to stand alone as photo of the day without all of the supporting context, all of the, all of the rich detail that goes into the actual stories. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes, you know, like there'll be, you know, some some photos from the magazine wouldn't work as photo of the day just because they they're part of a, a story that you'd also want to have immediate access to. Yeah. Whereas, what makes a photo of the day successful is that it can the the story is right there 
immediately visual, vis, immediately visible for you uh, just by looking at it. Very interesting. Let me ask you this simple question. How much fun is your job? It's a lot of fun. I have to say that this is one <laughs> of my favorite, favorite parts of the job. I really, I really um, enjoy being able to spend time every month with, um, with these amazing photographs and being able to kind of figure out the best way to put them together, um, figure out a, a visual flow, figure out, um, and this month I'm offering my comments. I, I enjoy doing that as well, kind of giving our audience a little bit of insight into, into why I think it's a successful picture. Um, so that, that, that all of that has been is, is very is very gratifying. This is the Telling the Story podcast. I am Matt Pearl. She is Alexa Keefe, photo producer for National Geographic. Alexa, I've been fascinated by the evolution of ultra high level photography online. And maybe it's <laughs> now that I'm just noticing them, but there seems to be you you seem to find online a select few websites popping up that emphasize great photography. Yeah. On my blog, I regularly shout out the One Big Photo blog as well as the Big Picture blog out of Boston. And then, yep. of course, there's what you do at National Geographic. What does it say to you that in this era where we are just bombarded by photos everywhere we turn, that people are seeking out the type of exquisite photography that you display? Making a, um, a successful photograph is a combination of of luck and skill and experience and passion and dedication and all of those things. Um and it's still, I mean, it's, I look at a lot of different pictures from a lot of, on a lot of, from, from people who are on varying levels in terms of their, um, their experience with photography. And it's possible, I mean, you, you can get lucky. I think everyone has at least uh, two or three good photos in them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, to, to really, to, to capture that, to capture something that you really want to see big, that you really want to spend time with. I mean, that, that does, that does take, that does take some thought and some skill. Um, so it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I think the with the ubiquity of, of photographs on the web now, I think the the focus has shifted towards curation, um, towards people like myself looking at a larger body of images and picking out ones that I think you should see. And I think that that's kind of a trend that's happening um, all across all across the web, really. And I would say that's a trend that applies not just to photos, but to stories as well. You, you've exactly. seen the rise yeah. of websites yeah. that also do that for, yes. for journalism yeah. and for stories. Because there's just there's just so much to look at. There's just so much to consume um, that we, we I think we, we need that more and more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We continually hear about newspapers slashing their photography staffs. And, and magazines, of course, have obviously been struggling in general for a long time. And, and that kind of dries up the funds for high-end photography. Are you concerned at all about the future of, of these exquisite photos? Well, you know, I probably wouldn't. I'm not. I, I work with the with the magazine photos kind of at, af, way after the fact, after they've been created. I'm not actually part of that assignment process or part of what happens when they're when they're actually made. So I can't really speak to that. Um, I think it's harder. It's perhaps more difficult for people to to work on long term projects um, or to have the time to, to do that kind of thing. Especially with with our you know with like our Yershot community for example, there are getting the more people who are interested in in documenting their world visually um, that I think that that's a, that's a good thing. I think it can be it can be inspirational for people. It's a very complex it's a complex issue, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I think what you yeah. see across the board is that the greater quantity or the greater number of stories, uh, photos, everything. Uh, 
it's a very democratic way of doing things in that, you know, anyone can write a blog entry, anyone can take a photograph, but at the same time, making a career out of it then when there's so much of it out there becomes a tougher task. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And it should be said that there's a huge difference between um, dedicating your life to the art of photography and having, again, the resources and the support to tell stories in both in a visually compelling way, but also in a, in a, in a way that's actually documenting um, and conveying you, you know what you're what you're trying to show. I mean that, that that's a that's a, a a very different thing than 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 being a curious uh, someone who's curious <laughs> out there with a the camera. And I don't I don't think that I don't see there ever being a situation where you would want to substitute the kind of one off <laughs> anyone can do it for the in depth um, in depth storytelling that that professional photographers do. This is the Telling the Story podcast. I'm Matt Pearl. My guest is National Geographic photo producer Alexa Keefe. She curates the website's photo of the day. And Alexa, with this last set of questions, I always like to focus on advice for young storytellers, in this case, young photographers as well. And I wanted to, in your situation, open the gates and ask for your advice for everyone. Because, again, photography is a universal hobby now. So many people like to think of themselves as, quote, amateur photographers. So we'll get to the pros in a second. But for the rest of us, who just want to take better photos, maybe when we go on vacation, give me a, a quick bullet point list of things that amateur photographers can do better. I think uh, don't be afraid to break the rules. Um, it's all about how, you're, how, you're, how you, as, as a photographer, are viewing the situation. What makes it interesting to you? Don't be afraid to get down on the ground. Don't be afraid to you know, shift your perspective. Don't be afraid to try black and white. Um, all of those things, I think, are, are, what, are what are part of, you know, your unique voice. There's no, I think, as I can speak for myself as the editor for Photo of the Day, what I'm looking for are things that are, that are different, that I haven't seen before. Um, so I think, you know, it might be easy to get kind of caught up in, in trying to follow a certain set of rules, but really sometimes going outside of that is, is just as important. Uh, that said, it's also important to kind of take your time, kind of, you know, look at how your, your frame is composed. Are there distracting elements to the, you know, on the edges? Are there, you know, is there something that, is there anything there that is going to take the eye away from what you're trying to show? Um, and I think, you know, getting, getting your pictures out there is, is, is a great thing as well. I mean, there's so, like you were, you were saying earlier, I mean, there's so many places to show, to show photographs. There's so many ways to share them. Um, and that can be just a really I mean, a personally gratifying thing, if nothing else. And what is to you, you know, as you look at the landscape, what's the most exciting trend that you see when it comes to photography hmm. on a professional level, not just the uh, quantity of it in the masses? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I mean, certainly the kind of the advances, the technological advances allow for capturing capturing scenes in ways that, that we, you know, that are just increasingly mind blowing. I mean, I guess the, the kind of photography, the everyday vernacular photography, I think that that, that that's, that's exciting. I mean, and, you know, seeing how many people are sharing on Instagram, how many people are just kind of communicating with pictures. I think that that's, that that's really cool. Um, what is the coolest thing about that? Do you think? 
Because I think it's something that I'm sure 10 years ago before all of this came into play, could you have ever envisioned a world where things like not just Instagram, but the fact that people would be sharing photos as much as they would be sharing text messages and phone yeah. calls? No, I know. I think it really just speaks to how, you know, how visual we are <laughs> and how yeah. much, you know, just looking at a picture I, and I have to say, look, the, the captions are incredibly important as well. I mean, sometimes, you know, the picture itself conveys the mood and the feeling and, and makes you want to know more. But having information about what's actually going on makes it such a much it makes it a richer experience. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have imagined that. And I think that's kind of been the the amazing thing about digital photography. That, that said, I, I also really love when people are still shooting on film because <laughs> I think that yeah. that's that that is an art and and just the kind of having the actual physical contact with film and developing something in the dark room and actually being part of that whole process is 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 still um just an amazing thing so i I'm, I'm actually also really happy when i see people kind of still sticking to that um, I mentioned a bit of uh, your bio off the top. You've worked as a photo archivist and a photo editor in yeah. addition to your current work. What are the jobs that, that you have relished the most in your career? Um, well, I think I've, I mean, I've, I've, there have been parts of, of everything I've done that, that have been really great. I mean, as a photo archivist, I got to spend time with pictures that not many people got to see. Um, I kind of got to piece together pieces of, of mysteries in terms of where these pictures you know, so many things we had in the archive hadn't been cataloged or, you know, hadn't really been um, fully looked at. So I got to I got to kind of find out some stories and uh, that hadn't been told before. Um, as a photo editor, it's always exciting to be able to if you're able to assign photographers to stories. That's that's a very wonderful, fun thing to do. Um, and right now, as a photo producer, I think, you know, probably being able to curate photo of the day is, is, is definitely something I really enjoy. Um, so I, I think, you know, just being able to, I, I have been really fortunate to be able to work with visuals and in many different, many different ways. Outstanding. Yeah. Alexa Keefe, uh, thank you so much. Before we let you go, I always like to give the guest the last word. So is there anything that you thought would be interesting to add or that you wanted to mention before we let you go? Well, I'm just really happy to. I'm happy to speak with you, Matt. I'm happy that um, that photo of the day is 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 a des is a daily destination for for many people. I think we have a really loyal following, and that's always just really. I I really enjoy seeing that. Um, so I'm I'm happy to have the chance to talk about it some more. Outstanding, and it is fascinating. Uh, quickly, give us the the web link for people to go to if they want to check out photo of the day. It is photography.nationalgeographic.com slash photography slash photo of the day. <laughs> <laughs> and we will have that written out as well yeah, on the blog, so no idea. worries about that. <laughs> okay. um, and, of course, this month is November. It is your shot month, so, Alexa, you are showing uh, the best readers' submissions. And, uh, and, again, they have been fascinating so far. So definitely, uh, to all you listening out here, you want to uh, check that out as soon as you can. Alexa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Matt. All right, and the Telling the Story blog updates every Monday and Wednesday. The website is tellingthestoryblog.com. Rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Telling the Story podcast. We'll see you next time.